<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues, and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. The first of the COVID vaccines are a shot in the arm for some of our frontline health workers, but what can the rest of us expect, and what's happening as we wait? What might be the beginning of the end of the pandemic has left us with even more questions than before. The chief medical officer at Genesis Health Systems talked with me about the path forward. Dr. Kurt Anderson says we're not facing any short-term solutions. Yeah, beginning of the end, but is it really? I mean, it's, gonna, it's a long road straight ahead. Yeah, I agree. I think you can say we're starting to, uh, to, to uh, work through the process to get the virus under control in our country and to see the pandemic uh, not affect our everyday lives to the degree that it does, but that's still many months ahead. Uh, we have to, you know, prioritize our immunizations based on our vaccinations, based on the availability of the vaccine. And then we've got to work from healthcare workers and uh, nursing home residents and workers where we are now, all the way down to vaccinating uh, everyone that wishes to have a vaccine uh, in the country. And that, that will be done sequentially based on your, your risk of uh, either exposure to COVID-19 or your underlying risk of becoming very sick if you were to get COVID-19. Those are kind of the guiding principles of how we'll prioritize uh, vaccine, vaccine distribution. But that process will take many months. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, I think as we, as the dialogue has been nationally from experts like Dr. Fauci, hopefully by the time we get to next summer, we're in a much better place than we've been uh, for the last, uh, uh, you know, approaching uh, a year, I guess we're 10 months in now. And we saw the first shots being given out to uh, frontline workers, doctors and nurses. They look like healthy people. You got healthy people working at Genesis as well as Unity Point as well. Are you monitoring them after they got the vaccine? Yes, we monitor everyone. Uh, the recommendation that, that came out with the emergency use authorization was that everyone who receives the vaccine should be monitored for 15 minutes for any uh, concern for side effects. Uh, and then we follow up with them uh, if they have any concerns, even post-vaccine. We want them to reach out through our employee health uh, uh, team to make sure that we're tracking internally. And then everybody has a, an app that they're to download if they have a reported side effect that will uh, feed into the national data bank. And if we're aware of any side effect that an employee has that's significant, we're also reporting that up uh, through the national reporting system. So. Uh, uh, Genesis, Unity Point, uh, everyone uh, in our community and across the country will be reporting uh, any significant side effects. Because we have been told that this has been tested, this has been uh, uh, gone through all of the uh, procedures that it needed to go through, but still these first people getting shots are somewhat guinea pigs. Yeah, they, the, I believe that the vaccine did go through the rigorous testing. It met all the criteria, uh, both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine, which is being evaluated right now. And uh, but we're talking about an experience of, you know, tens of thousands of uh, vaccine recipients. 
And uh, over the next days, we'll be talking about hundreds of thousands and then millions that have received vaccines. So uh, we, it's likely we'll, we'll notice some things that we didn't notice in the smaller trial. Uh, but certainly, uh, we don't anticipate any serious safety issues at this point. This is really unprecedented in some ways. I mean, I, I know the polio vaccine, you, you think of some of the vaccines, but that's generations ago. That's the 1940s and 50s is when some of these other vaccines came out. These are really unprecedented times we're going through right now. Yes, I, you know, I think we've had some great success with, with vaccines throughout the years. Um, and certainly going back to polio, but, you, you know, childhood illnesses, uh, many of the childhood illnesses have been uh, almost eliminated with uh, vaccination, you know, measles, mumps, uh, rubella, things like um, uh, diphtheria, you know, things that were very common are no longer around because of the efficacy of the vaccines that we use on a regular basis for childhood immunizations. Uh, and I would even point to the newer vaccines like the uh, human papillomavirus vaccine that we use uh, that is now showing very good data in reducing the rates of cervical cancer in our population. Uh, so we've done, we, vaccines have been very effective over time, uh, but what I think is unique about this vaccine is that it, it's it's developed in, uh, in some new techniques using an mRNA vaccine. Uh, we've had those before, but the, to have one that's been this effective, at least based on what we have from the early study data, and to have it developed in the short period of time that these vaccines have uh, been developed is really uh, incredible. It's a it's a testament a testament to science. It's a testament to the researchers and the teams that have worked on development and testing the vaccines. Well, and the other thing that's unique about at least the Pfizer vaccine is uh, the vaccines that you've mentioned in the past. It's usually one shot and maybe a booster years down bad. This is like you get one shot and then within a month you got to get a second one. So. The first shot's really important, but that second shot may be just as important. Yes, correct. Uh, with the, both of the vaccines that are likely to be approved, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine that's being evaluated today, uh, both of them require a second dose. Uh, for the Pfizer vaccine, it's three weeks after your first dose, and for the Moderna vaccine, it's four weeks after your first dose. Uh, the, the way the vaccines were developed, the way they were studied, the, it was clear that that gave you the greatest sense of immunity uh, and we know that that greatest immunity comes about two weeks after you've had that second dose. So it is very important that we get the two dose series in. And it's very important that you get the same vaccine for both doses. Does that worry you at all? I mean, as, as we go forward into the future, is that it's hard enough to get some people to get a vaccine? Getting a second vaccine might be just equally difficult. I think that's why we have to educate uh, the public to, on the importance of receiving the, the two dose series to make sure that you get the protection that the vaccine can provide. Uh, it does it does take some responsibility for the individual to make sure that they make that a priority. Um, we're going to do everything we can to schedule that and make that happen uh, when we give the vaccines. But again, we do rely on individuals to make that a priority in their life and make sure that if they've taken the time and made the effort to get the first vaccine, that they follow up and get the second booster dose to make sure that they get the protection uh, that they should from the vaccine. Dr. Anderson, let's talk about what's going on at Genesis right now. I mean, we were worried about a uh, post-Thanksgiving surge. You had plenty of patients. You, your ICU was, was becoming more full uh, leading into the holiday. What's the status right now at the hospital? Yeah, you're right. We had a very challenging November, uh, especially going into the holiday. The, the good news is we have seen a plateau, actually a reduction and now a plateau. Uh, so our number of patients in our health system with COVID is uh, today uh, a little less than half of what it was in mid-November. 
and that's been consistent over the past uh, two weeks. Now that that number is still significantly higher than it was at any time prior to November. So I don't want to say that we're back to where we want to be. We still have a much higher level of uh, COVID spread in our community and much more um, hospitalizations in our community than we've had at any point uh, up until November. But we are better than we were when we surged uh, the first uh, few weeks of November. Well, and we were all worried about what was going to happen after Thanksgiving with a big bump and a big surge, and that appears to not have happened. I mean, is this a case of people listening and following perhaps some of the uh, uh, the pleadings to not gather in large groups, or, or was this the sky is falling, the sky is falling, as some people might say? Well, I hope it. I hope it's the first thing. I, I hope people were careful. I hope they listened. I hope they. Uh, avoided large gatherings and that they wear masks uh, when they're in public and they maintain distancing and hand washing. Uh, I'd like to think that uh, we, uh, you know, can pull together as a community and do that to protect all of us, uh, especially the most vulnerable in our community. Uh, so I, I think we did do that as a community effort. I also think there's just uh, less travel than normal, at least from the Midwest. Uh, I'm not sure every part of the country saw uh, the same phenomenon we did. In the Midwest, we happen to be in a significant surge right before Thanksgiving. Other parts of the country are now seeing a significant surge after Thanksgiving. So if you, you know, in the, our national numbers continue to be um, significantly worrisome right now. Yeah, and that's a really good point is that I think a lot of people did see the numbers before Thanksgiving and took this very seriously. Are you worried about the opposite being true as we head into Christmas? Yes, I think we've seen it. it does not take very long for this virus to uh, to flare up and to create a significant surge that, that pushes uh, our resources uh, towards the upper end. You know, we were really at the upper end of our resource availability throughout the state and uh, throughout the region. Uh, in, if uh, we look at uh, where we were uh, three weeks ago, so I'm concerned. It doesn't take very many people not doing the right thing for the virus to flame back up again and uh, to have us uh, see those high numbers uh, that we saw in uh, November. Uh, there's no, you know, at the same time, as excited as we are about the vaccine and the potential that we're going to uh, be able to manage uh, this pandemic in the months ahead, we're not there. We are not there yet. And everyone has to do their part. They have to do everything we've been asking them to do since we started this back in uh, February and March. And uh, if we can stick to that, if we can be consistent with that, and if we can roll out the vaccination over the months ahead, we will be in a good place by summer um, or the latest fall. But if we if we continue to have sort of a, uh, well, we'll do what we're supposed to do when it gets bad, but when we think it doesn't seem too bad, we're gonna do whatever we want, we're gonna continue to cycle up and down. We're gonna see waves of uh, significant infection rate significant hospitalization, significant deaths, That's, that pattern's gonna repeat itself if we don't consistently apply the prevention techniques that we all know work. And yet, as you know, this is not only a medical issue, it's a societal issue and a political one as well. And Iowa's governor has eased some of the restrictions heading into you know, the Christmas holidays and into the new year. I mean, is that part of what you're worried about? Is that, okay, the numbers are a little bit better, and then the state says, okay, we're gonna ease some of these restrictions. Yeah, I, un I understand the tricky balance of trying to maintain the economy and to keep people safe. Um, you know, from a safety standpoint, it, the less, the, the more restriction we have, the better. I understand you have to try to find that balance. 
I do think that maintaining the recommendation for mask use and social distancing, I think those stayed. We did not lose, she did not uh, change her position on that. I appreciate Governor Reynolds' view there. And uh, I think we have to, you know, no matter what the mandates are, it's an individual choice and it's an individual responsibility uh, to do the right thing for your family, for yourself, and for your community. So uh, I hope that we still continue to be very diligent and we don't, uh, you shouldn't base your decisions just on what you're told you absolutely can't do. You should base your decisions on what you know is the right thing to do. You should base your decisions on what you know will keep your family safe and keep you safe and your community safe. One last issue, of course, is mental health. I mean, this is weighing on all of us, especially your staff. We were talking to one of your doctors uh, after the shot was given, talking about the difficulty of intubating uh, patients or, or looking these people in the eyes when, when, when their uh, respiratory system is really starting to shut down or is, is so crucially not being used because of this virus uh, taking over uh, their lungs. I mean, it, this virus is really going to have a lasting impact on the medical community as well everything that you have seen and done over the last, as you said, 10 months. I, I couldn't agree more. You, you know, healthcare workers are um, special people. You know, they take the mission to uh, take care of people and sometimes do that in putting their own health at risk. And our staff have done that throughout the pandemic. And I can't, um, I can't be more proud of them or more thankful for their sacrifices and their commitment, but that will take a toll. And I, I think we'll, we've seen some of that already. We know it's been emotionally uh, extremely difficult. It really is a crisis situation that they're entering on a daily basis. And uh, I'm concerned not only about uh, how we're doing now, uh, but how we'll be doing in, in the months ahead when things actually get better and they can take a minute to breathe and relax and then have to deal with the after effects of the, the, the crisis uh, situation that they've been in, which will likely have exceeded a year. And so uh, I think that um, we are going to have a lot of work to do to try to support them and to try to protect them. Uh, we do that now. We, we try to make sure they have all the proper equipment to keep them as safe as possible. Uh, the beginning vaccination of healthcare workers is another layer of protection that we're very excited about. Uh, and we try to work with them on uh, stress and their mental health. And we provide those uh, services and counseling available to them uh, through their employment. But healthcare workers, um, it's just the way we're wired. We put our own health last, and so they don't tend to admit that they need the help. So we have to ask, and we have to watch, and we have to make sure that uh, when they need the help, we're trying to get them the help they need. The Chief Medical Officer at Genesis Health, Dr. Kurt Anderson. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.